So here's what happened as a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of So Here's What Happened. I'm your host, Nisha. And I'm Carolyn. Hey. Hey. Um, And we are back with another bonus episode with a review of the very anticipated Marvel's Avengers Endgame. All the emotions. All of the emotions. Oh, all of them, really. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into it. We're going to unpack this. Um, So just to give you all a heads up, this will be a spoiler-filled episode we are not holding back anything. We will discuss everything as we see fit, and we are not going to worry about spoilers. So this is a spoiler zone. You've been warned. Um, but yeah, go watch the movie and come back if you haven't seen it. Or listen to it. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you like to live on the wild side. I don't know. I don't know y'all lives. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah so, you know, you'd be like, I like to live dangerously. Yes. The people who are on Twitter who are just like, I'm going to dodge all the spoilers. I'm like, good luck with that. You're going to have to mute about every single word in order to dodge it. Cause, and then and then I kind of hate it when people are doing like the spoiler memes that weren't really like spoilers, like the, the inadvertent spoilers. I know. People are like, oh, it's out of context. I'm like, really? Is it though? Because even if even if what you're tweeting has literally nothing to do with the film, it's mm-hmm. going to create conversation and the people are going to be speculating and then someone will put a spoiler because they'll be like, oh, that's not what it really what it is. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I just want to, I, I, I want us to have this discussion about spoilers very, and if we keep brief because we already got a lot to talk about. But I feel like the rule on spoilers, if it is a TV show like Game of Thrones, yeah, you can't be mad if you see spoilers online. So people can talk about, oh, snap, so-and-so killed so-and-so. Like, no, I'm going to say names because one, it is a highly anticipated show it is live tweeted you can't be upset when you've had eight seasons to watch something if you've never watched it or if you're a season behind that's your own fault you can't be mad if you come across spoilers that's your own fault yeah but movies i feel like there's a rule of at least the first weekend to the first week then people right. are free to talk about it it's not like with star wars and everybody was like don't say nothing i'm like it's been four weeks like when the first the first of this trilogy came out with yeah. everybody and everybody was like don't spoil it i haven't seen it like you've had four weeks so i'm just gonna say it and this is my personal rule if it's a tv show spoil it. it at any time if it is a movie i think the rule should be the first weekend slash the first week you got mm-hmm. within seven days to watch it or the first weekend and it, then it's your own fault yeah i'm the same way because the thing with tv shows is like they're being watched m- by multiple by millions of people like literally mm-hmm. all around the world so you're gonna have like everyone chatting about it at the same time so like that's different whereas for a movie you can have films being released in different countries mm-hmm. at different times or are there um like days apart or even like sometimes weeks apart so yep. depending uh, for me like for films if it's just one of like super highly anticipated like um like basically any marvel film or mm-hmm. uh, star wars film or like even like certain things in certain franchises like Fast and Furious like there's certain things that I wouldn't spoil like I, I do for you like I'm the same as you I give it a week because let me see we're recording today so April 30th so that's the Tuesday after it was released so I said I'm not going to tweet out like any specific spoilers until mm-hmm. the Thursday and I did mention I mentioned some things like online but I was vague um I tried to be as vague as possible yeah. saying like saying like that person or whatever I didn't mention names or any defining like characteristics to the characters so I tried to be as vague as possible 
But mm-hmm. I'm like, Thursday come, I'm going to let loose. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I love that we have this show, because we get to let loose in advance of that. Mm-hmm. But once it, whew, once Thursday hits, it's going to be a wild storm on Twitter. Yeah. So <laughs> we, maybe I'll drop, maybe we'll drop the episode on Thursday if it's possible. Um, yeah, I mean, that'd be, that would actually work. Yeah. Yeah. So we got this. Um, but yeah, so that is the rules for spoilers, at least in my opinion. And I think we can make those, we can make that universally for our show is how it's yep. going to work here. Uh, but anyway, so let's get into it. Carolyn was nice enough to put together a little agenda. So I feel all fancy and organized um, <laughs> for this discussion. So I'm going to let you take the reins if you want to like talk about, we can go bit by bit. Okay, so what we're going to do, so as you know, we're discussing Avengers Endgame. So this is the follow-up to Avengers Infinity War, which came out in 2018, but it's also the end of, I believe this is phase four of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wraps up all of the storylines and all of the films that began in 2008 with Iron Man. And so this is a combination of everything that happened between Iron Man and um, Endgame. So it's like 22 films in 11 years, and that was a lot for them to like pack in into one film. And I think they did mm-hmm. a pretty good job of it. So like the film was directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, the same directors that did Infinity War and also Captain America's um, Winter Soldier. And mm-hmm. it was written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, who also wrote the who also wrote in Infinity War. And it has a long list of characters and actors. I'm gonna try I'm gonna list off all the actors because I mean it's like the end, so you might as well like give all of them their due by giving them their names. Yeah. So you have Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, of course, Steven mm-hmm. Stark, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, aka Captain America, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, also known as Dr. Steve Bannon, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, the Asgardian Guard, God, Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Rachmaninoff. Why am I saying Rachmaninoff? She's not Rachmaninoff. <laughs> Roman- <laughs> Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow. Uh, Clint, um, Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton, aka Hawkeye. Don Cheeto as um, L- Lieutenant James Rhodes, aka War Machine. Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, aka Ant Man. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Stephen, Doctor Stephen <laughs> Strange, aka Doctor Strange, good lord. This and this is just the main characters, yeah. Um, these are the ones that are given credit in um, at the beginning of IMDb and on the posters. So there hmm. And we have Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, Prince T'Challa, aka Black Panther. Brie Larson as Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel. Tom Holland as Peter Parker, aka Spider Man. Karen Gillian as Nebula, Zoe Saldana as Gamora, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, aka The Wasp. There's a whole bunch more, but we can get to, we can, I can probably mention them later. Yeah. Specific characters. <laughs> we will just, I'll also add Denai Guerrera, aka Nakoye. I'm sorry, ooh, Okoye. I almost combined, <laughs> combined yes, Nakia and, and Okoye. I know, right? And, and Letitia Wright as Shuri. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, and Angela Bassett made it in there too. Yeah, in the end credit scene, like this is as again spoilers people, yeah, but they did look at I was wondering if you were gonna see her. I'm like, how oh, can you not have Queen from Ramonda? But they Beaver. did a, they, they did yeah. a little thing in the end and it was really great. I, I loved it because you got to see her reunited with her babies. Like, I know. I was like, we needed this. Um Yeah. But, I was okay. like, oh it's Nikia. But then I remembered um this was probably from the same time that um Lupita Nyongo would have been filming um Us. Us. So yeah. and that it's also, and 
Yeah. I don't think we should, there was a person that I was like, is that, um, I was like, is that Winston Duke? But I'm like, it's just a big fat Duke. I'm pretty sure he was, I'm pretty sure he was there because he, I heard someone say, Hasa, and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was him. Yeah. I I saw the scene, you know, they're like running. I'm like, that looks like, um, I'm like, that looks like Winston Duke running across the field. And then also, I think like us, we would not see Nakia there because like we didn't see her in Infinity War. And I guess the only assumption I would make is that Nakia is already off on a mission somewhere else. Yeah. And the Avengers don't know about Nakia probably, or they don't know all. They, I mean, they yeah. could. It, they, she they would could have been Steve, protecting Steve for me. I always thought that she would have been protecting Ramonda anyway. Um, yeah. while Infinity War was going on. So that's true. That's true. And we don't know who got dusted. That's going to be like the most interesting thing after this. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got we got to get into the discussion, but like just to get ahead of it, that's gonna be the most interesting thing because like there's some characters who went through a five year skip, yeah, and then there's some who just came back after those five years. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be very interesting to see will that be acknowledged? Or are we just supposed to assume that everybody got dusted? Who is a main character, and that is why they don't have to worry about the five year skip. Get into like the summary of it. So as y'all know, we're left off in Infinity War. Which quick fun fact. Infinity, the our Infinity re- review, it, our fi- Infinity War mm-hmm. review is actually our first episode that you and I did for the show. Yes, and I thought this was like such a good thing. I was looking, I forgot to look up the date. I had it in my mind to look up the date. It is May twenty. Exactly it'll be May. Tw- it'll be a year on May twenty fourth when we premiered the show. Yeah, so it's like almost a full year because it was the same thing for the premiere for Infinity Wars. I was like, look yep. at us coming full circle again. Full circle, just like the MCU. Um, I'm proud of us. <laughs> yes, look at us go. We have survived a year. Almost, we almost there, but we we are doing great for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. So just to let y'all know where this picks up after Infinity War. Um, if y'all have followed along, we're not going to do a deep dive into all the movies and everything because we've kind of done reviews anyways about those. Yeah. But basically... Where things have left off are the Avengers are still recovering from the beating that was Thanos and the Thanos snap. Uh, we open with Tony on the ship in space with Nebula because they're the only ones that weren't dusted away when Thanos um, snapped everyone on Earth, which was truly actually the universe. So then she, Nebula and him were trying to make their way back to earth mm-hmm. however the ship w- was damaged they have been like trying to survive i'm assuming that's um yeah that's peter quill's star lord ship so yeah. they're trying to survive on what they already had in stock and like he's trying to like make a ship that was already wrecked make it back to earth which they are galaxies i assume away like, yeah it um nebula said there are a thousand um, over a hundred thousand light years away. So yep. this is so, one of the biggest plot holes. We'll get into the plot holes later. But when I heard that, I was like, and then yeah. what happens later? I'm like, that don't make no damn sense. Well, I mean, I guess the only explanation to that is like, because we know in Infinity War, Tony ended up on that on one of Thanos's ships. No, I don't mean them being oh, there. Them I mean like there. how them get how they get back. Oh, to space yeah. So, get back. I was like, that don't make no damn sense. So us getting to that then. So Carol Danvers just so happens to pop up as like they have their last day mm-hmm. and tony would have they, died uh, in the like he was he went to sleep and he was ready to die in the morning like he recorded a very um special recording for pepper hoping that it might get to her they're never explained if there was a distress signal sent out we have to assume maybe they did that i assume he's smart <sighs> and they tried to do that but yes. he, that again isn't explained so 
then we remember from the end of Captain Marvel that she just pops up at the Avengers grounds, um, whatever we, I guess their big camp base or whatever. I have but to assume her popping that, up at the Avengers yeah. grounds still doesn't explain how she found them because they exactly. didn't have a tracking beacon for that ship. And that's what I was going right? to get. So, that's what I was gonna get at because okay so for her first and they didn't know Tony was in space yeah so that's the other thing it's just like so a lot of this is going off of assumption because <laughs> oh wait only reason they would find out Tony was in space was because he called Pepper before but, and, and he let her know that I I won't be home for a while so Pepper is the only one that he went to space so then it, it would it would it would take like her telling Rhodey or telling the other Avengers that. Tony, because then she was with the Avengers when everything mm-hmm. happened too. So we just have to assume that she tells them that he's in space, and then when Captain Marvel shows up, she's the one that is sent to go and get him. I don't yeah. know how they figured out where, where in the vastness, mm. infinite vastness of the universe. Yes, and that's like the biggest thing. I'm like, so if y'all can tell us if Captain Marvel has some kind of like sensing powers i'm not aware of i don't think she does um if that's something new or if it's just like i don't know if they're able to like some pseudoscience way they were able to pinpoint tony's location somehow some way who knows that's just it's it's a big plot hole but one of many one of many but you know what (laughs) i don't think anybody was ready for tony to die that early and i don't think anyone was expecting him to die that early Oh. I wasn't expecting him to die that early either, but still, mm-hmm. like, try to... It's a big plot hole. It could have been simply like, oh, we sent out a distress beacon. Mention it. The first one. Well, just say it. Just say you sent out a distress beacon. We can at least take that as like, okay, cool, yeah, that got picked up and then that got pinged and then, like, that's how they knew where to find them. Because Captain Marvel. But, yeah, Captain Marvel shows up, saves Tony, and they manage to, with her strength of just pushing them alone, they make it back to Earth. In a day. With, in a day because Tony would have died out of oxygen if he mm-hmm. didn't get it. But yeah, so yeah, they get back to the, to the planet mm-hmm. um, within a day's time because Captain Marvel and uh, Tony and the Avengers are reunited. Hmm? Even even Captain Marvel, I'm like 100,000 light years. I, Come on. I truly day, don't know. Like, that, I know she's powerful, but she didn't teleport. She didn't she didn't teleport. She she flew. I'm like, it's a lot. That that is like the biggest reach. I think is that like we have to believe that she's. I, mean, I don't know if that's just supposed to be like for us to be able to scale her power. Is that she's that powerful and that fast and that strong? But that's still no. That's a lot. But again, this is a superhero movie, so like that's why I told myself like, let it rock. Um, yeah. But yeah, still plot holes. But yeah, so then Tony and them are reunited. Uh, and it all goes on from there. Yes, it goes on from there, which then we don't, we don't have with, to recap every scene. No, because he fights with Captain America because he's like, I can't trust you because you said you would help us to win and we didn't win. And he basically <laughs> blames Steve for something that really wasn't Steve's fault. And well, that fight made no friggin' sense to me. And I then he basically <laughs> went up into the forest to, to raise, to, to be with, um, what's your face? Pepper. With Pepper and, and raise and get a family, which I, I'm perfectly fine with it, but the fight didn't make sense. I'm like, huh? Tony is definitely dealing with, a, like, stress and PTSD. And, like, he's, he's dealing with the trauma of uh, Peter Parker dying in his arms. I just, like, oh, I feel sure. like... He's definitely dealing like with the trauma and guilt that he wasn't able to stop these things. And then also we know from like the other previous uh, Iron Man movies, Tony has anxiety and PTSD. 
because oh, well, yeah like everyone could, has trauma and ptsd right? but my thing was that particular fight the things yeah. he was saying like like for grief when it comes to grief like we always look for someone to lash out exactly. and for him and that, he was that target but definitely and that was my I point was it's like, like he just he's projecting all of his fear and anger yeah. at everyone else and it's just kind of like we understand you're hurting too tony like we're all hurting we all lost we all lost people every literally every in this everyone in this room has lost somebody so mm-hmm. it's like I like him and I think that's the thing is like he has never been able to process this stress and and like PTSD well because yeah. his solution to everything was like we just have to protect the earth we need to put a, me- a giant metal suit around the earth like you tried to do that with Ultron and you saw how that worked out right so yeah. no there's just Tony can't accept that there are things in the universe that are going to be more stronger than him and mm-hmm. more powerful and that's terrifying and yeah. like to steve's point when they've had this discussion before they have to do it together and truthfully tony should have called steve like he was going to when he had the phone in his hand and he didn't it's just it's a lot it's a lot but tony's outburst i kind of felt like you were dealing with a lot here sir but your anger is very misplaced mm-hmm. so right. that was i just felt like tony needs to go chill but also he was dang near dead um because he looked like a shell of a man like, well, and that makes sense because, like, his body's mm-hmm. been through trauma. He's up in space. He was basically living on rations for had an infection. A month. Mm-hmm. Had an um, nearly died because he got stepped and had an infection yeah. and nearly died. So that would sap his strength and everything. And he yeah. and he didn't have the suit to like give him like an extra boost, as you would say. True. So like he like him looking like that was realistic. Oh, for sure. That's I, I appreciate that. So the first thing was we're going to talk about. We kind of discussed this already, but it's like give our expectations and what was it for the film after Infinity War. So kind of we had because when we did um, our Infinity War recap, we gave our theories about what we thought was going to happen in Endgame. True. And I am proud to say that uh, my theories were actually right. Aha. Mm-hmm. Like to some extent, but I was I was I was on the dartboard and pretty close to the bullseye because like my theory for Cap, I had remember two of my theories was the main oh, one was for right. Cap. Was that mm-hmm. if Cap dies at any, or even if he survives, that we get to see him having either a family? My mm-hmm. thing was, I wanted to see him having a family and living on a farm with a dog, with a lake. That's and right. You close to the end, we got that. We got him living on a on, in a house with a family, a wife, mm-hmm. Peggy Carter. There was no dog, and there was a scene on a lake, but it wasn't his lake. It was Tony's lake. So I was like, ah, I'll take mm-hmm. it. That was pretty close. And then my other theory was with Doctor Strange, where like he communicated in the 14, 14 point whatever million scenarios that he went through like mm-hmm. one of them maybe he had a like he communicated with Scotland and they, they came up with a plan in the quantum realm how to like fix it and everything yep. and I was kind of wrong he didn't communicate with Scott but Scott did kind of figure out what, what how to go through how to use the quantum realm yes. to fix everything yeah, I remember this because I remember mine so mine definitely were pretty my first two were vague I knew that mm-hmm. Captain America or Tony or Iron Man was going to die. I yes. had come. Yep. I had. I had accepted that mm-hmm. from the get go because I knew yeah. one of them were going to die. Had to, had so, to die. I, and I was right. And I said that it was going to be one of them is going to sacrifice themselves in the big battle. And yeah. I, I was right. It, but it was Tony. I was truly thinking it was going to be Cap. Cap at one point. But it makes sense that it's Tony. Yeah. So then the other one was uh, that. Dang it, I just lost it. Oh, Ant-Man. <laughs> I said Ant-Man was going to be a vital part mm-hmm. to defeating Thanos. 
And like he was going to play a vital role in Endgame. And he did. Because without Ant-Man, they have no solution on how to undo the Thanos snap. Yeah. And that's like, he comes in and, and like, especially because we talked about the quantum realm opens up a lot of possibilities for the MCU. Not just like for Ant-Man, but like them being aware of the quantum realm now, that's just going to open up so many more doors. Because you can't just like ignore that. No, they can't. They can't. I mean, like they figured out time travel. That's the well, other thing. I mean, that time travel didn't make a like a sense either. But I mean, it, does any time travel in the movie? I like that. Well, that was we'll, the thing we'll, in the movie. I'll, I'll tell you why. When we get into our negatives for the for the film and we discuss the plot, I'll, I'll tell you why. Even I'm not a physicist, I'll tell you why it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But um, my other thing was like I figured that Steve. I I really wanted Steve to live because he's been fighting from the beginning. Yes. Like he out of all of them, he's been fighting the longest. Him and Bucky. Mm-hmm. But I would say him longer because Bucky was in cryogenic freeze for a while anyway. And then yeah. like he came back and forth. But out of all of them, him and Bucky, well, technically Thor. But yeah, because Thor is like, he's been fighting for like a thousand years. Thor has like, been alive for a millennia, so he's fine. Yeah, yeah but, but Steve needed a rest because he's mm-hmm. always been in some kind of war. So yeah. Steve wanted a rest. I'm like, he deserves a happy ending. He deserves to like just sit down and To rest. have a life, to actually to have retire. a life to retire and the war is done like yeah and it comes to fruition with that scene with him and peggy in ultron when she's like the war is over now you can Mm -hmm. rest steve i'm like thank you someone tell steve he can rest and that he deserves to be happy and that he doesn't um, have to do it (laughs) yeah which is what pepper told tony actually Mm. yeah um so and then going and so our first and so then we so that's we just discussed our thoughts going into film so what are what was your first impression of endgame like after it finished like immediately after it finished what was your overall impression i was i was really happy with how they closed the circle on a lot mm-hmm. of things but also it opens a lot of doors for us too yeah like all of these characters like it's one thing that the avengers know each other exist but it's another thing for like all these other characters to be aware of each other existing yeah. So it's 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 no longer just like Star Lord's off in space with the Guardians and Tony's on Earth and then Thor's in Asgard or like you know there's there's no more of that now it's truly there's going to be more crossover with different things so I really like that but most of it I was like I was really happy with how things were closed like how like the the loop was closed on the the phases so like where we started with phase 1 this is a great way to say goodbye to like the people who really kicked off the MCU you yeah. like see where it came from and revisiting it a little bit. And then also like seeing it where it's gone to you now. And I like that you, when you're going to kill a character, as much as it's, it was sad to see Iron Man die. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of like he has like it, Tony has to die. Like, and I'm not saying like, I wanted him to die. I honestly wanted Tony to just be out of commission that he would retire from. Being yeah. Girl. I rather, I rather that be the case, but truly it's about, and then with, and same thing with Steve, I wanted him to rest. So it's like, we actually see an opportunity for the mantles to be passed on mm-hmm. instead of like, say in four years from now, they're going to try and bring a new Tony Stark back. Like, I don't want that. There's only one Tony Stark in the MCU and he's dead now. And the only thing you can do now is pass the mantle for Iron Man onto someone else. And that's it. And it should be Ruby Williams, but I'm just, I'm not going to get into all the weeds in there. I'm just saying, I liked how they closed the loop and we're actually passing the mantles on from the heroes. And it leaves more opportunity for the future. Right. My first impression was I was very unhappy mm-hmm. with a lot of the storylines and situations that happened. 
but I'm, I was also happy with as like with like you how how they how well they handled Tony's um, arc like how they closed it off and mm-hmm. and how they also honored Steve by as like for like the, my wish like getting giving him that chance to rest and for Tony because he's has such a dramatic um, char- character arc and development mm-hmm. the I him him dying made sense. Yes. Right, because you you did need a sacrifice for something as big as what they were achieving, which was basically reversing the snap. You needed mm-hmm. a character like one of the main characters needed to die. You needed that sacrifice for it to happen because mm-hmm. like with a soul stone, you you have to exchange the soul for the soul stone. And if yeah. you're gonna have something that like literally reverses the course of time and undoes something that was that was affected the whole universe, like you have to die, right? And if you wield that power, it will destroy you. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. And I appreciate that he that he got that. And my biggest thing was, and, and I, that's what I really loved. So that was my first impression. So a lot of yeah. things made me unhappy, but those two things were, those two things were like, I'm like, this was the way to end 22 films, 22 storylines. Yeah. They did a really good job of doing that. Agreed. Right. And so, so the next, I'm um, going on. So um, we'll discuss now our, our positives for the film. So like our favorite scene line, how the Russo's have improved what happened in infinity war and the MCU overall. And so, uh, Lanisha, you can go first and then I'll go second again. Okay. Uh, so favorite scene. Oh, dang it. It's gotta be when all the female characters were like, mm. they came, Spider-Man had gotten the gauntlet. He was trying. It, it was almost like a game of touch football, except like it was death if you got caught. Um, but it's just like it was really dope to see. Like Spider Man is like almost about to get overcome with the be um, overtaken with the enemy, but then yeah. like you see all of the female characters just like link up. I think that's like a paying homage to A Force. Yes, that was mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard that before, and I was just like, man, I got to get into A Force now. I mean, I've heard of it, but it's just like that was really dope. Just seeing all of them, and then seeing them all work as a unit together, that that made my day. Like, yeah, that was just pretty dope scene. That was a dope scene. I'm like, I want that poster. I want that framed. Like, it just looks amazing. And then like just seeing them all be badass. Mm -hmm. It was great. It was just really, really great. uh, and it's and Shuri was there, and that yes, was like I know I was so happy oh. to see her. I'm like ah, especially oh. because we didn't get to see her because it was insinuated that she well she did get dusted because she was brought back from mm-hmm. everyone that was dusted. So it was great to see her actually be involved in the fight. So yes, I really wasn't expecting that. So yes. and then I was pleasantly surprised by that too. Yeah, and then one more scene: Captain America mm. using Thor's hammer. Mm, listen I did Woo! not think my cinema went crazy I screamed the girl next I, to me screamed we looked at, I, each, at each other and we was like hey my look. sister and I were like keeping a noise and I'm like I don't care whoever I'm like I was like yes listen, no I was one. so noisy in this whole film I talked I don't I care if not. I annoyed my people sitting next to me there are a lot of things that have me commenting yes. and I'm like I don't care if I annoy you like this like there's certain things you're like you got to react to it yeah like, mm. and it's a positive reaction i know like some people like i know my one friend went to a theater and they were just like there was this one guy who was being super sarcastic with everything and being like a, i was he was sarcastic with something but i think it was being um, like, it was being it's uh, like, justifiably it's, it's, critical 
Yeah, but it's different yeah. because, like, to his example, like, this guy was, like, talking to nobody, but, like, talking to everybody and, like, mm. doing that, like, pretentious crap. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, well, that's not how it would have been in the comic. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I would have hated my theater of experience if I had to be next to you. But... I was into that. Yeah, none of that. It was more like, this shit don't make no sense. No, no, no. No, you're definitely nowhere near him. So, and then... (laughs) But yeah, that scene, I screamed. And that was amazing. Just... Thor even saying, like, I knew it. it. Like, made me so proud of my boy. I'm like, look at my man go. He's swinging around the hammer like he know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. It's just like, and it's, it it was amazing. Like, I doubt, I I could not believe if anybody saw that for the first time and they not scream and have that reaction because it's just amazing. It is is something amazing to see because it's from the comic books. But man, that was awesome. So yeah, those are my favorite scenes. Yeah, because you know what? Because like one thing about this film, they did a really good job of like a- acknowledging a lot of callbacks to the previous films. And looking at the writers, uh, Stephen McSweeney and Christopher Marcus, they both worked on the all three Captain America films and the Thor films and um, Agent Carter and oh, they actually did Carter's America. But the, I, the reason I mention this is because they because they are the writers for all of those films. They a lot of the callbacks were referencing to those out to those films, so like they did a really good job of like mm-hmm. like bringing a lot of those story things full circle, especially the one with the hammer, because like we all know in um in Captain America, I think like, I think it was in Civil War where he yeah. picked, um picks up the hammer and it budges, and that was because that was just before the war. No, no that was Wait, the, no, that uh, was Ultron. Age of Ultron. That was yeah. Age of Ultron. They didn't write yeah. that, but they did a really good job of acknowledging a lot of the previous yeah. films. Um, but yeah, but when I saw that, I was like, not only did he pick it up, he called it. There's a difference between picking up Mjolnir and being able to call it. He called Mjolnir. it. <laughs> he just he, he, he oh. called it and he called lightning down. And I'm like, hell yeah. I was like, yeah. Like, he's a god like, now. I was just, that was in my head. I was like, it's Captain yeah, I was like, I looked at Mrs. Mrs. So like, does this mean what I think? I'm like, yes, this means that he's practically a god because like, because yes. like, she's like, oh, like this means he's worthy. I'm like, no, it's not him just being worthy. Picking it up means that he's worthy, but being able to call down the lightning. The lightning. No, that's a different thing. I'm that's like, what that's made me scream. Story. It made me scream because I was just like, this means he's not just worthy. This means he is seen as being equal to Thor. Yes. And I was just like... I could not, because Thor, I mean, like, I think they always, Thor's like, I'm the mightiest Avenger. I'm just like, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, he could still be pretty mighty, but I'm just like. Listen, oh, I love that so much. It was like, yeah. It just, it got me so, it got me so hyped. It yeah. Was, it, it was just so beautiful. And I was so yeah. happy about it. Yeah. Oh, so, my God. So, like, my favorite scene, apart from those two that you mentioned, mm-hmm. would have to be the end when Tony dies. And the reason this is my favorite scene, <sighs> my, I put it my top favorite scene, is because he got to say goodbye to Peter. Yeah. And, yeah, he got to say goodbye to Pepper and to Rhodey. But the reason I mentioned Peter in specific is because he felt so, he's always felt a lot of guilt. Like, he, he yes. takes on things, like, very heavily onto himself. So, mm-hmm. when Peter died, he felt that guilt, and that guilt is what crippled him, right? That, that guilt is what made him like lash out as we said lash out against um against C because he was feeling that guilt internally and him getting to say goodbye to to um to not only say goodbye to Peter but to see that Peter survived yes the battle right that meant everything to Tony and I'm like that was the perfect closure for him to see Peter alive to see Pepper alive and her saying we are going to be okay our family is okay 
to see Rhodey's life because Rhodey, remember, and also Rhodey was um, hurt in, in in the War Machine armor when they were fighting, and for him to get to see Rhodey standing and getting to say goodbye to him, I'm like, that was beautiful closure for Tony Stark, and that's why that those three scenes are my top scenes, but that one was my top scene in the whole film. Hmm, that's great. No, you're yeah. right. That it, it it gives Tony closure before. Mm-hmm. And and, and and so for me, and now my favorite line would be um, Cap admitting that his ass is America's ass. And I thought yes. that was so funny, <laughs> but it, it was funny. And for this film, a lot of people say his character was it, what he, a lot of things he said and did were out of character. But I'm like, when you look, look at all the things that he went through, like there's sometimes like, like you. let a few curse words out. And I was like, let's go get this son of a bitch. I'm like, you get him, Cap. You go get that yes. son of a bitch. Which, you go, and then he was like, he's like, mm, my ass is America's ass. And it was like, I we don't see him. There's often, like, usually he's very self-effacing, where it's like, he's very, not self-deprecating, but he's self-effacing. It was like, when people compliment him, he's like bashful and he's like kind of wave it up. But this time he was like, Yes, I have a magnificent ass. And and the reason I found that so funny was because he was also acknowledging what Scott said. Because remember, Scott, when he met him at um in, in Civil War in in the airport scene, like mm-hmm. Scott was like a fangirl, right? A fan boy. He was like, Oh my gosh, it's Captain America. So yeah. like, when he saw it, he was like, Oh my gosh, he's like and then so like Steve acknowledging that was like pretty funny too. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was something different for him and I like that the writers gave him that give him, a, a, I think, a better sense of humor in this film than other films. Yes, which... He was more relaxed. Which I totally agree with you, but going back to, like, people getting, like, Captain America was out of character. The man yeah. is almost 100 years old. Right. Let him live. Let him mm. live. He didn't. He didn't been through hell and back. He's tired. Half the world is dead. Half the universe is dead. He can cuss. Also, he cussed in Age of Ultron. So, like, that's, I know they're, like, playing off of the whole, like, language joke. But, like, yeah. Steve been cussing. Steve been cussing for a while. So, y'all got to get over it. Which, like, that was the one thing I was kind of surprised. I'm like, man, they cussing a lot in this movie. I'm like, I'm fine with it. But, like, the woman who brought her kids, I'm like, oh, she's not going to be fine with it. Because she kept on covering her baby's ears. I'm like, oh, well, it's peachy 13. They're not 13. You were warned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, there- the People were there. I'm like, y'all have to understand PG-13 is a rating for a reason. Just throwing that mm-hmm. out there. There was a lot of kids there. It's I, it's fine bringing a six-year-old to the movie, but don't expect the movie that is rated PG-13 to be to be censored for a six-year-old. Exactly. I just, I feel like y'all can't complain and then go on your websites and claim it goes against our moral values. I'm like, well, you knew what it was rated. So, your fault. Mm-hmm. Anywho, my line. So, I have two of them. It's, I love you 3,000. Uh, it's from the it's from Tony's daughter Morgan when she says I love yeah. you and I was just like that is so cute and adorable I also think she's very smart because she says I love you tons and then she's like I love you 3000 which she's like probably thinking like I'm like that is a smart little girl but mm-hmm. it's just it's so cute and innocent um and it's just cute seeing Tony be a dad I <laughs> like, know right I love that like a good dad that is just because he probably never thought there was a time when he probably never thought he would be a dad yeah and, functioning human being uh but it was amazing and then um captain america saying finally finishing the sentence avengers assemble yes because it's it that was <laughs> that was like they've always teased it they teased it in age of ultron at the end um because they just like cut them off i don't think they even said it and y'all can correct me if i'm wrong but like i don't think they said it in the first avengers movie no. they definitely didn't say it in infinity war so it's like finally 
he says Avengers Assemble, and you just it gave me chills when he said it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just it's amazing. Um, so yeah, that was my favorite line. So then what was the la- the next? The next one? part is um, how did for you how did the Russos improve upon what happened in Infinity War and in the MCU in general? Mm. Okay, from Infinity War. So I feel like Infinity War the thing there was it's a lot of story to set up Infinity yeah. War. Um, that's why this movie is a two-parter technically, but it's truly just like a separate movie because you got a three-hour movie and then I guess a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Um, so it, Infinity War just feels like it's such a it, it's in such a such a rush to be set up to get to the fight to Thanos that you don't get to enjoy the characters as much. Right. Like I don't like um, and it's it, it's something I've complained about before. Like the whole Peter Peter and Gamora thing. I, I, I just don't but I mean I get that like they've had this like flirtation and I get that that they've had this connection and they've bonded and they flirt and they have like this gaze and it's like this will they won't they thing but then it's like her asking him to kill her and that she only trusts him I'm like this is a big leap from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 it's just like there were just some things I'm like man it just I understand the pacing in this movie is weird because you have to have like 30 characters in it and give them all the screen time and move the story forward. So like that was, and I'm just using that example. So it's like, and then like, I didn't get up. There's like things you wanted to see more of like, we are, we're only in Wakanda for like 10 minutes and that's for the final battle. So mm-hmm. you get snippets of things where it's like this one, now that we're back to 10 characters and it's truly like a team. I, I say 10, I can't, um, I mean, seven to 10 people, like it's easier for them to share a screen with that many people. You can spread the story out a little bit better. It's easier to like get more development for each of the characters in this movie. Again, it's just because like there's less characters and there's less things going on and they're all focusing on one thing. And I think that really helped the story. Yeah. And, and, like, I'm, and I'm pointing out the obvious things that like Infinity War has a lot going on and it's a lot to set up. So it's it, the pacing is weird. For me, whereas this one, you actually get to feel the grief of each character. Like we get to understand what they're going through, and then, but like, it's also a three-hour movie that takes time to get there. Yeah, for me, I would say I would agree. Like a lot of my points are the same points. The way they improved on, um, definitely how screen time for the different characters was handled for sure, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I would I would say a lot of the stuff that you mentioned for me is the how is great is like how they improved on <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, Infinity War, but let me get into our negatives. There's a lot of things that they actually made worse. But mm-hmm. for me for the oh, MCU, yeah, like how the Russos and the writers I for, I would say for the writers um improved M2 in general is that it opened up as you said earlier, opened up a lot of doors for future storylines. Oh yeah. Um they the way they close off certain storylines, not only Steven and not only Steve's and Tony's, but like certain um characters mm-hmm. um arts and storylines, they have to close them off allowed when they continue forward with the MCU. Like there's a lot of things that they don't need to mention again. There's a lot of things that they don't need to like go back to. So yeah. like that's it, it does create like almost almost like a clean slate. That's true. For, for the was, MCU. So yeah. I think that's one of the ways they improved on it. Oh, that's true. And I'm sorry, I should have added I'm sorry if I answered it weird the first time. No, like, it's okay. Yeah. That's that's a great point, like you're saying, because it's them closing the loop on some characters definitely still like 
and this is the thing I liked about it the most is that like, you know, that those characters have to go on and they're not going to forget about Tony. Like Tony's yeah. going to be a hero of the universe in the MCU and that, in that world. So it's like, no one's ever going to forget the name Iron Man. He'll probably even be mentioned a few times and like pay homage to him. But like when we go to Spider-Man far from home, um, that's going to probably sit with Peter. Like Peter's probably going to be going through something a little bit because he's lost a mentor and someone he viewed as a father figure. Mm-hmm. I'd say mentor more than father figure, but you know, like Peter kind of just like he, ne- he, he needed that guidance and Tony was that guidance for him. So now he kind of feels, he might feel lost. And right. then like, same thing with Captain America. As, as far as they know, it, it, like we could assume that by the time, I guess, um, but it's a show. It's going to be Winter Soldier. And I don't know what they're calling him now. Now that he has the shield. But Sam. Sam uh, he's going to be Captain America. Yeah. So, I mean, but will they call the show Captain America and Bucky? Or they should, call this, that's who he is. Oh, yeah, that's true. They should. I guess that's then that's probably why they just named they probably named it what it is now as a way to, like, give people a head fake. So, yeah. So I guess that it'll be now Captain America and Bucky on that Disney plus show, but like, they're not going to forget Steve. Like Steve will probably be dead in the universe by the time that premieres. So I like how the impacts of these characters, like their legacies will go on, but they also are like effect on those characters. And I feel like that's important because we've seen characters deaths before in the MCU, but I don't feel like they carried enough weight and we'd, or we just didn't see that weight reflected well on the characters. Yep. Nope. I agree. Um, and so our next point ooh, yep. hold on, I have to close on a page for a little bit um, our next point is so the best character developments and possibly active performance for, for the film and <laughs> mine would be uh, for best character development and performance I would say both um, Thor um, played by Chris Hemsworth and Nebula mm-hmm. played by um, Karen Gillian now mm-hmm. for me I'm, I'll start with Chris Hem- um, with Thor Thor has had an amazing, just like Tony, I would say, he has a similar story arc where the fact that he starts out arrogant mm-hmm. and, and like not thinking about conse- long-term consequences to his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he went from that to learning about responsibility for not only himself, but for his people and for others. Mm-hmm. And he, he learned how to be, uh, when he's fighting, to fight with a purpose and not just fighting for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. And he's grown so much. And one of the things that I love about Thor and what Chris Hemsworth has done with him is that he's made like specific character traits for Thor, things that would be ir- normally irritating to me or to like a lot of people, such as arrogance and his um, cockiness. He's made he made them endearing. Like Thor was always like arrogant, but like it was endearing. Like you're like. You know what I mean? So it's like you didn't. He, he was arrogant, but you understood his arrogance. He was he was like more childlike when he been yeah. in the first Thor film. And mm-hmm. um, but now he's he's arrogant, but he's still maturing. Like I love that about Thor. And one thing about Thor is, yeah, he's this warrior. He's a he's like a god, and he's from this like this place, mm-hmm. this mythical place in Asgard. And he has all of these powers and these abilities, and he's super super smart. Mm-hmm. But one thing about him is he's never been afraid to show his emotions. Like yeah. if he doesn't know something, he'll say, "Okay, I don't know what's going on." If he's if he's feeling unsure about a certain situation, mm-hmm. he doesn't mind saying, "Like I need you to tell me what's going on." And if he's feeling sad or happy, he's always open to sharing his emotions and like being and to connecting and making friends with like everyone that's around him. Mm-hmm. Because and I've always loved that about it and Thor and I think Chris Hemsworth has done an amazing job 
with Thor and like he needs to be he like he deserves all the applause for what he's done with Thor. I agree. And a lot of it and like of course Taika Waititi really brought all his um mm-hmm. his capabilities in Thor Ragnarok, but the Russos have I would say given him the space to do what he also needs to do. Um not only in Infinity War but especially in um in Endgame. Like yeah. they really give him material to work with and like they they I think they learned from Taika how to Mm-hmm. How to uh, how to approach Chris and how to approach Thor and to like work with Thor. So I think like that's where we also got to give um, yes. kudos to like Taika Waititi because he saw what he was capable of and he shined it and like the Russos learned from that. I think so. Mm-hmm. Like Chris Hemsworth has done an amazing job with Thor and he's made him one of my favorite characters. But also Nebula, the thing with yeah. Nebula is like because she's in the Guardians of the Galaxy series, but she's never really gotten that much shine. And like most people only mm-hmm. know her as like the bitter. To have sister to um to Gamora and mm-hmm. like the tortured child of Thanos, but we finally finally got yes. to see a softer cipher and like yeah we got to see a softer cipher in um Guardians too, but like I think they actually gave her more space to be vulnerable in um mm-hmm. and in and game in particular and like she her the way that she's grown she's grown so much and she learned yeah. and she's like. She 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 learned that like she can't always be like making herself willing to be tortured by Thanos and mm-hmm. not I shouldn't say willing because she didn't want to be tortured but you know what I mean like she did he was, she, she did what she did she, for yeah. his um to be proud he she wanted him to be proud of her uh, and to and to survive right because like for mm-hmm. her that's a survival tactic she's like this man is torturing literally tearing my body apart and the only way for me to survive is to like basically like sub. Sub, um, subsume myself to him and like that's mm-hmm. perfectly understandable because that's like Stockholm Syndrome she's like yeah. I'm gonna ha- I'm like this is what I have to do to survive and like like I've always loved that about Nebula, about Nebula but the thing is like because she was hard before and she didn't have a good relationship with Gamora but like there's yeah. a scene with her and Gamora on the ship where I'm like I'm glad that they she's like she, t- she spoke to Gamora she's like this is who I am now and like she, Gamora got to see how different she was just by looking at her and also the way she spoke to her Pasa, because there's a plot where like they like again still didn't make sense. Where mm-hmm. Nebula from twenty thirteen Nebula um connects and sees images of twenty nineteen Nebula on um gosh, what's the the planet? One of the planets. Um the, the planet that um Gamara was was killed. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, because they were on the same planet where the soul stones, but they were in a different part of it. They weren't in the same part where the soul stones kept. But like, she's grown a lot, and like Thor and like Tony and and Steve, she's suffered so much. She's mm-hmm. she's been through so much physically, emotionally, and mentally. And Karen Gillian has given her such a vulnerability and made her relatable, right? Because yeah. like, there's something she's still resentful of, which is honestly, that's not something you're just gonna get over, but she's grown so much and I love that she was given that space to grow for it as a character mm-hmm. and yeah. and I think they've handled her um what you would call her disabilities or her body modifications like fairly well there's some things that I didn't appreciate with some characters that were mentioned that said some things about her but mm-hmm. like I love the scene with her and Rhodey because Rhodey went with her and he yeah. she she looked at him and she and her because she put her hand through the the thing so that she could get take the power stone yeah and her her skin burned off and that like, you could see the the mechanized skeleton and like she you could tell she was kind of embarrassed and she said i wasn't always like this yeah. and Rhodey, he was like 
he was like, no one wants to be like this, right? He's like, we all, like, we've all been through mm-hmm. something, like, referencing the fact that he has to wear the brace for his life. I think they could have done something different with his braces to make them look more mechanical, you know what I mean? To show that they were actually braces instead of looks like a belt and strap. So, like, you know what I mean? I think they could have done something well, yeah. a bit more. Well, I mean, like, Tony's about too. I think it's because Tony designed them, so they've made he's made them so like they almost blend in. But like you, if you yeah. have to, you have to really look at his pants to realize, oh, he has on McCann. I, I think he's still that, wearing the braces. Yeah, he's but the wearing thing the is, is like they don't he can? Really reference that. Yeah, because he can walk. I think like because he was doing rehab, so he yeah. has the build, but he needs the um braces like the 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 ones that Tony designed. I don't know if, like what they call them besides braces. I think they're like specialized. So he can, yeah, move I think it's supposed to kind of like this thing called a rewalk. There's a device yeah. called rewalk where like you strap on and it like, yeah, it's that. And it's like more, it's just a more advanced version where he's able to right. move and like do things faster, probably. Um, yeah. cause he doesn't seem to like be unable to move as fast as other people when it comes time mm-hmm. to like walk and everything. But oh, they're yeah, definitely, sure. it's, it's noticeable when he doesn't have on the suit or when he's like, mm-hmm. if you get a full image of him in a shot, right. I, I appreciate that we had that moment between her and Rudy because mm-hmm. Rudy with his disability, he's able to relate to her. So that was actually yes. um, good. I would say that's actually great writing because they the way how they matched up a lot of the characters for the for the mm-hmm. different missions. That was a great way to to match them up. So and she needed someone who understood her because she was like, "Finally, need her someone on this scene that understands where I'm coming yeah. from and that she can relate to." Because she needed that friend because she doesn't have her sister anymore, right? Yeah, and the closest um, so, thing she has is Rocket. Like, because exactly. her and she and him bonded, kind of. Yeah. Which I mean, I think that's nice that she at least has Rocket. But it's her those scenes with her and that scene with her and Rhodey. It does mean something. I think she appreciates that. Yeah. So I, I that was I I would also say that's also one of my top scenes too. But I really appreciate how Nebula has grown, and I I love that mm-hmm. and her that those moments of vulnerability. Um. And so and then. Oh, right, and so it's your turn for your yes. character development and performance. So best character development, I'm going to say Bruce Banner slash Hulk mm-hmm. from, and I'm not going to include from the from the Hulk from the two movies <laughs> that we shall not speak of, uh, even though they count as part of the MCU. I'm talking about Mark Ruffalo's Hulk and Bruce Banner. Um, right. The From when we see him in Avengers the first Avengers movie. And he literally, when he has that, he has that line and it's like, it's the most powerful line that I compare him to. That's like the most memorable line. Um, he says like, I tried to kill myself. I put a mm. bullet in my mouth. I pulled the trigger. The the green guy spit it out. Right. Mark, like that was like, Pete, like that was amazing. That line. Cause like, you really truly understand like, Oh my God, he wanted to kill himself. He yep. was so torn between the Hulk and himself and he did not want to live anymore. He tried to end his own life. And I mean, like him just saying that, like this outburst, like how it's like delivered in the Avenger in the first Avengers movie, it's very powerful. And it's like a very and it's like very chilling. And you're just like, dang, this is like the first time I've ever heard like a superhero talking about suicide and like with their struggles, even though it's like it's a very small win- like peak we get at him struggling with it. Because I feel like how they've always written the Hulk and Bruce Banner is that he's constantly struggling with himself and the Hulk. Mm-hmm. So now to get where we are now and he's finally him and the Hulk are at peace and now they're a team. And so it's truly that he, he accept, accepts himself as the Hulk and the Hulk yeah. accepts himself as Banner. He's no longer two beings and one. He's now one being. 
So it's, it's like him finally coming to acceptance with himself and not hating himself, not like not letting anger fuel him. Like he can use his anger. He can use his strength for the betterment of things. He's more positive. He, 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 he sound very lame when he said dab, but he cute. <laughs> and I'm just gonna throw this out of here. Bruce Hope can get it. Cause he was fine. I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, okay. Eight foot tall, scrunchy mirror. I was just like, what, what are you about? 12 feet tall, broad shoulders. I'm like, we can work with this. <laughs> Listen, I was like, look at him I with his climb. chest all exposed and his, wearing his muscle right. tee and his, and his scruffy beard. I'm like, every, look at you. Every Ooh. outfit, he, that one sweater outfit with the, the tight sweat. I'm like, well, look at you, Professor Ben. I know. I remember I, I, Rebecca, I was saying that on Twitter. You're like, Rebecca Hulk. I'm, I'm, she, she was saying, I'm Professor I'm Hulk. I was like, yes, that's who he was. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. I'm like, hello. I see you. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was like the most, like that's the best character. I mean, there's other character development, but like for me, that's one of my favorite ones because it, it, you've truly seen from where he came from, how much he hated himself and he loathed himself. Yeah. To seeing like how he's accepted himself and he's no longer hating himself anymore. And it, it's just, it's great to see someone come from that journey from like being in so much pain to coming to this point of acceptance and being able to like love himself and like the thing, the other things about himself and not like feeling like he has a disease or something's wrong with him anymore. Mm-hmm. Because like, I think that's how everyone, everyone looked at him. Like he was a, he was a berserker. He's going to destroy the world. He's like, he's always vilified. And like, this is really nice to like, see him accept himself as like, I'm a hero too. Like onto the best actor performance. I'm going to talk about Thor also. So depressed Thor, that was real. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor being depressed. First, we see him being, we see him like going through different stages, like and early on, like five years earlier in the beginning of the movie, how he's just, he's down. He's depressed. He's upset that he didn't kill Thanos and, he, and he's blaming himself. And he's and like, he's thinking it's all his fault. Right. For everyone where it's I'm like, it's really Peter Quill's fault. It's really Star-Lord's fault, but it's okay, babe. Um, uh, so Thor, like holding on to that guilt, that's one thing. But then we see five years later and like Thor and the tone of the movie is supposed to be like Thor has let himself go. Thor is depressed. Yeah. Thor, like him putting on like a lot of weight is to show us that Thor has let himself go because he's depressed and all he has to go off of is just like, do I look like I'm like, it's, it's almost like some, it's like that um meme on Parks and Rec or that scene where he's like, would a depressed person do this? And they're like, yes, a depressed person would do that. And that's what Thor is. Thor is depressed. He's in denial about it. He's got a lot going on and he, and he's, he's just, he's trying to like, I guess have this mask of everything's okay. He has a drinking problem. He's drinking a lot. It's just like, in, it, I'm like, I liked that they didn't try, like they didn't have Thor training to get rid of the weight. And I like that they didn't get like, he, Thor was a mess through a lot of the movie because he didn't yeah. like, he had, he, he still was like processing through stuff. Like even when they went back in time, Thor is like having a nervous breakdown and he's able to talk to his mom again. And he needed to talk to her and have that conversation because like he needed someone that he could talk to because he hasn't had that. His brother's dead. His friend is dead. Everybody he knows is dead except for the Avengers. He's like put himself away 
he has the pressures of being the new king and he doesn't really want to be king. I'm assuming like towards the end, we got that Thor doesn't truly want to be king. He was just taking up that responsibility. Yeah. I don't think it's that he didn't want to be king. I think it's that he needed a break. He needed a, he True. needed to regroup himself. Not that he's finally yeah. processing the, the grief and going through the steps and the motions. Mm-hmm. He needed that break. And like, I'm proud of him. I'm like, you know what? You do need a break. Then I'm proud of you for acknowledging that you can't do it now. What he said about like finding myself again and like doing that and then like giving mm-hmm. like making Valkyrie the new king or queen just basically the new ruler of the new Asgard I think that meant something because like one he trusts her but also yeah. Thor recognizes that he's not doing his people any justice by the behavior he has right now and he needs right. to and it's not the irresponsible bye y'all I'm leaving and I'm leaving you responsible with all this stuff like no he's like actually trust her to like lead the people well and take care of them and guide them. Whereas like Thor truly needs a break also to go find himself and to not seeing him like still like, Oh me and like that whole scene, like, and this, this goes to the performance of Chris Hemsworth, like being allowed to be funny, but then also being like allowed to act outside of this shell that I felt like we had Thor in for the first two movies. I feel like, like you said, Taika Waititi, he like, he really, helped shape Thor more than we have ever seen him before in Thor Ragnarok. And then that was able to be brought over here. And then you're able to give Chris Hemsworth to be a more multidimensional Thor. Like a ve- he's very relatable. I would say he made Thor more human. You made a, a, a God human. Right. No, that's the, and that's the thing. But then mentioning that that's going into the, and so now we're going into the negatives is mm-hmm. like, it's so weird to me that they did such a good good job showing how what everything how everything that happened affected Thor to yeah. then have the other characters make fun of him for that. Like yeah. that pissed me off. Like I'm like he's depressed. He's going through trauma. All of you are going through trauma. All of you are dealing with it your own way because you are all pre- pretending to be fine. Mm-hmm. He's not and he's showing that he's fine. I'm like why are you belittling like, this man for gaining weight? I'm like the only one who didn't yeah. say anything about his weight outright was Rocket. Yeah, that was Rocket. He, he he said something. He like you could tell in his facial expressions that, but he didn't he didn't make any mean comments. Mm-hmm. And and it was so disappointing to me to see how much, but how much how they were making so much fun of him. I'm like you you're acting like teenagers. The man is depressed. Mm-hmm. He has PTSD. I it's mean, sad. He lost his family, his father, mm-hmm. his mother, his brother, his uh, half of his people, and his yeah. entire planet. I'm like, the and then, hell? Ooh, and then another half, if you think about the snap, because Thanos killed yeah, half of them on the half ship. Of who, half of who were remaining. Yeah, so that's like he lost even more people. And then, to go to your point, I would say Hulk tried to do that like yeah. when he when they went to go see, Hulk, go see Thor, but I would have appreciated if even Cap or somebody, instead of ignoring the problem, instead of just like ignoring like Thor is, y'all, Thor, it's 9 a.m. and Thor is drunk. And he passed out. I know it's supposed to be like a funny scene, and they're like making that joke about him being like the dude from Big Lebowski or whatever. Yeah, I was but, like, that's tacky. Like, it, they're, they're making all the, these references and stuff, but at the same the time, the things that like, he would not even understand. Yeah, I'm like, Thor's not well, y'all. I need someone who's going to be able to talk to him, but I also understand like the high stakes of like, ain't nobody got time to talk. But I'd still think, like, you know, Cap, go talk to Thor. I don't know who is close to Thor. Like, who is 
like how Tony and Cap are close-ish. Mm-hmm. I'd say they have a close relationship. What, who I would assume that is Hulk. Hulk is Tony is Thor's Tony. Yeah, but I just I feel like Thor was kind of like he he wasn't being perceptive to hearing any of it. Yeah, but even then, it could have still showed some compassion like that. Oh yeah, the more more compassion like, for the other ones. Hulk did his thing. I'm uh, my man talked to them people. I mean, talked to Thor. The other people they kind of just let him be, which I feel like friends wouldn't let friends be self-destructive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like that's one of our negatives, and so we got. I think we have more negatives than positives. Like I certainly do. Ooh, let's um, get into them because I mean. <laughs> Uh, I mean, let's get to yeah. the big one. I feel like you've talked about it. So, how do you feel about Black Widow? Uh, oh, wait, no. Is it Hawkeye we want to talk about first? It's all interconnected, right? Because, like, yeah. all of my my biggest negatives, apart from the holiday discussed and Thor's weight, all of my other negatives mm-hmm. focus on Clint and that whole friggin' storyline. So, we're yeah. going to start straight off the bat where after he loses his family, what the hell does he do? He starts going on to be, he decides to become a freaking vigilante. And where does he go? To places are pre- predominantly um, populated by people of color. He goes to Mexico and apparently goes on killing sprees, taking out drug cartels and whoever is around them, whether they be innocent mm-hmm. or not. And then, but we hear that because Rhodey says that because they're looking for him. But then mm-hmm. we see our, our first glimpse of him is in Japan and he's killing. A whole bunch of yakuza and people in the club. So like everyone yeah. that's people, everyone that's in a club isn't necessarily yakuza, but he's killing all these Japanese people. And yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? Now the thing is, is like I kind of suspected that this is where we're gonna go because of um, a couple of friends of mine we were talking about this on Twitter because Hiroyuki Sonata, one of my favorite actors, like this man is amazing. Um, he was at the Marvel red carpet and like no one knew that he was gonna be in this film because it wasn't announced, it wasn't anywhere. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I have a, I have a small scene. I'm gonna be doing some fighting. And like me and like two friends, Lee Sharton and JB, um, on Twitter, we're like, they're gonna do what we think they're gonna do. We're gonna have him in a fight, getting killed. So said, so done. And that scene probably didn't even last two minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was, when I tell you that I was pissed, I was pissed. My sister and I, we looked at each other. We were like, this is bullshit. And I'm like, I didn't care who heard me. I was like, this is some bullshit. You got this white man taking his grief out on all of these people of color. I'm like, bitch, like they lost people too. Mm-hmm. Like, and the thing that killed me is like he and and Hiroyuki Sadata's character says that he's like, and, and and he's like, why are you here? Like, why are you in our business? Like, what we, what we're doing has nothing to do with you. And I'm like, that's certainly true. Like, why is your ass there? And mm-hmm. please look at this man and proceeds to tell this man, my family didn't make it. So who, so why should yours? Yeah. Why should you be alive? I was like, no shit. Right? Excuse my language, people. I was like, this is something. No, you, you got this white man telling mm-hmm. this Japanese man in his country trying to defend himself and his men and you're going to tell him they don't deserve to be alive because your family isn't bitch if you want to go kill some people why don't you ask stay in new york and go take out some mobsters huh why yeah. don't you i'm sure there's a bunch of white people out there killing people why don't you go and take them out why is your ass in japan and in mexico killing a whole bunch of people of color nobody's saying you there why i'm like this is some racist. this is straight up racist i don't care what anyone yeah. says that was straight racist it white male privilege white male race and then mm-hmm. the part that killed me is after he kills Hiroyuki Tanada's character we see Clint go like 
what's your face? Um, Natasha. Natasha comes to him and she's like, I understand your view. Bitch, do you see all of the Asian people lying there around you? Do you? And I'm like, first, starring Johansson in Japan is a no-no. In mm-hmm. any film set in Japan is a no-no. Like, Ghost in the Shell people talk about freaking tacky and tasteless and a spit in the face of anyone who who had, who was against her filming um, Ghost in the Shell. Me included. I'm like, why is she there? Of all people, this is who you're going to send Natasha play by Scarlett Johansson in Japan to come and tell this white man who is killing all these eight people of color that his grief that he that his grief matters more than him because she's like i understand that you're grieving Clint, but we need you back here aren't you gonna address all the people that he killed like what yeah. then we see him back at avengers headquarters and the first thing we see is this massive tattoo in his hand what is this tattoo of Lenisha? i ask what is this of it's a samurai warrior also known as a ronin mm-hmm. and you see and it's in warrior stance and you have this they have that but then boot to below the, the warrior the, the samurai mask you have cherry blossoms and snakes mm. now if you're familiar with yakuza tattoos yep things like cherry blossoms which i believe is the national flower of japan it could be wrong but it's well it's synonymous with japanese culture and japanese beauty and the snake are are things that you that are pretty that are significant in yakuza culture and in japanese culture and I'm like, you're going to have this man who just literally got away with killing all of these men. And you're going to show him with a tattoo of these people and signifying their culture on his arm. Like, and they don't say, but he's supposed to be, his character is supposed to be um, Ronan, who Hawkeye does become in the comics. But the way how they did it in this film pissed me the freak off. I'm like, this is so disrespectful. It is this, it's distasteful. It is tacky. It's insane. Salting, every negative adjective I can come up to applies to everything that has to do with Clint. Clint and his whole entire storyline in this film. Like, I hate it with a passion. Yes. So, to add to that, I just want to add to that part, because I truly didn't care for Clint taking out his rage on uh, basically all the areas with people of color. Like, I guess they wanted to make sure, like, Cartel and and Yakuza... Like they want to, he want to target their, them. When why the hell you ain't killing the white nationalists? Why don't you just go, why don't you go kill the Ku Klux Klan? Why don't you go kill some Nazis? Go ahead, because I'm sure they're running rampant in the states. Go do that. There, go kill the domestic terrorist in the United States. Do that. That would have been more. Is the word nuanced? I don't know. That would have been more appropriate. That would yeah, have been more. Absolutely. That would have been more fitting. That would have given a. That would have sent a message. That would have been better than sending him to kill the cartels. Which again, we have a president here who is like he would definitely approve. Like he wouldn't stop. Like I'm just. I, I can already hear it. Like people when Americans hear cartels, they automatically think like Mexicans are coming here to st- kill to kill our teenagers with drugs. Mm-hmm. Where it's like y'all are just playing into like this super. I uh, what's it called when people yeah, the super are super predators, which is what um, Hillary Clinton had called back. Yes, but um, yeah. it's it's another word. Um, uh, it's like basically being scared of the other, like um, they're, they're other, like they they other um, yeah, like, the color they made them like because if you look at this whole film, it's a white it's a white male dream because there's very few yeah. people of color. Like once Natasha's gone, it's first and first all male. Yeah. And then it's practically all white male if it wasn't yep. for Rhodey. And then even then, he's barely in it. Yep. Because it's yep. all white male, I mean, not only by the characters, but by the actors. It's really just there to like let us know that Wakanda is still running. Um, but 
yeah, that it, it it was just handled terribly. They could have done it better. I understand, like, I guess, like, it's from the comic books and Ronan's this whole, like, journey he goes on. But, like, the only reason y'all did that is because y'all, like, y'all wanted to put him as Ronan in Japan. We're just like, it's not like we haven't seen this before. In the comic books, like, Wolverine went to Japan when he was depressed and he was going through some shit. But can we stop using people of color and especially, like, using stuff like Yakuza and cartels as an excuse for a white male character to go and kill and take out his rage on them. It, it's just, it, it's, 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 it's tasteless. It's really tacky. It's so tacky. And it, like, who is he to determine who's a Yakuza and who's not? Like the only way you really know yeah. Yakuza is by the tattoos. And like there, people, all those people were covered. What was he stripping naked and problems. killing them and then putting them back on the clothes? Like that's so freak. I was so freaking pissed. There's I'm other, pissed, like I was said, so pissed. I was, yeah. but like you said, like we both said, why ain't you trying to fix things over in the States? Why ain't you trying to kill like the white nationalists? I just, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like that could have been said or, Hey, Clint, instead of going to kill people in Mexico and in Japan, why don't you go to the Avengers? And cause they are shorthanded and they're trying to save the world too. Like everyone is spread everywhere trying to stop things. So yeah. And it took y'all five years. Natasha, who was just like turning a blind eye to all that happening. And it's not really kind of funny because she found him in Japan pretty quickly. Like, yep. Because I mean, like, obviously, they're just letting Ro- him do it. Rody was basically like, um, he's carving his name into people's bodies. Um, uh, like, so you got a white man branding people of color. I think that's. I think I think that was a line. I want to make sure. Yeah, he did. That's what he said. Yeah. So I mean, I mean like, Rody was like trying to hold her, kind of like, look, you're the one that needs to go get him because Clint ain't gonna listen to anybody but her. You can't turn a blind eye to this for forever because it is messed up. Like half the world is already dusted. Do you want it? Like you want a man out here just killing everybody willy nilly when you should actually just take them into justice? Like it? it okay, but let's move on. To front. We're gonna circle back to that because the way how a lot of things culminate, the way how the film culminate, yeah, is what makes it like gives it very low rating for me. Yeah, but, um, we're gonna so we're gonna get back on it, but it's gonna be very brief. But then going on from again, Clint is yep. Natasha's storyline. So this yep. is the first time I've actually cared about black widow you're i'm i'm there with you i I, i'm like oh oh wait sorry just just to add i feel like let's just make it set it up for people what happened what they've really done with black widow from when we were introduced to her with iron man 2 to now hasn't been much Mm-mm. as far as character development goes they did there were some things done like you know we get a flashback we get like she's in love with bruce and she wants to be with him and we get all this stuff and like there's things like littered throughout captain america i feel like captain america america winter soldier is where like we really get more of her but truthfully this whole nonsense of like now she's getting a movie or supposedly i don't know how i don't know it could be it could be a head fake honestly they could have announced the movie so we didn't see her death coming or they announced the movie and then she's actually alive it's it it, it could be either way and they're probably going to gauge our reactions from it but from then to now i i've been very adamant about this a black widow movie should have happened five years ago actually six years ago like it should have happened before it should have happened after Captain America Winter Soldier and it should have happened before Age of Ultron it, sh- it just should have happened at, at 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 some point a few years ago but it's just it's when they announced it was happening I'm like great so y'all waited forever to make this movie and now we truly haven't had the time to care about her and it's like you're se- you're not setting her up for success 
So mm-hmm. sorry. That's why I don't have like I didn't have a super strong connection. She's badass and I love her, like her character. She's great in the comics, she's great in the cartoons. But like what we've been given, Scarlett Johansson has worked with what she had. And again, I'm not trying to give Scarlett all the roses either because, you know, Ghost in the Shell and other movies, I'm tired. But I feel like that character deserved more than what she got. And so sorry, we can go to t- you you were just talking about the soul stone in her. Yeah, so the other thing that pissed me off, because, again, she sacrifices herself for Clint. And, and after they have this stupid fight, that made no sense. She was like, um, I'm going to sacrifice myself because not, no real concrete reasons given. Well, I'll even say- though after he was willing to sacrifice himself, okay, he's like, this will be me at 24 minutes. I'm like, yes, bitch, throw yourself off that cliff. Do it. <laughs> well, Let him do it. True. I mean, so here's my thing with that whole scene. They both, I think it, one, it was messed. It was an effed up situation for them both to be in regardless. Um, I, I think, (laughs) no, I think I wish Nebula had given them a heads up about the stone. Yeah. That didn't make sense. I don't understand why she, but But no, they did because remember they were going through the the thing where they were mentioning where to find the different stones and like, but Thor was mentioning it, but he didn't really think because he wasn't like really clocking because he was so like, yeah drunk, right so he was he was sobering in the process of sobering up so he yeah. wasn't that um attentive he didn't say aware of what he was saying so he didn't really give them like full details yeah. on what was necessary for the soul soul uh, yeah i mean well i think only nebula would really know because she knows that gamora died on that planet because thanos did it for the for the soul stone yeah so she's the only one that really knows like the full details or the most details about that planet so i wish like hey y'all had a whole ride on that spaceship you could have told them, given them a heads up, something, but no, nothing. Um, so I was just like, okay, I don't, that, I've, but that goes to a plot hole. I'm just going to put that into a plot hole there. Um, so here's the thing. It just said a soul. When we were in Infinity War, we're supposed to believe that Red Skull says that it has to be something he loved. And that's mm-hmm. why he killed Gamora, because he loved Gamora. But again, as I've always okay. said, he does that not that love, love Gamora. Huh? That ain't love. That ain't love. And that's the thing. He's never, he does not love Gamora. And I wish people understand that. It, so then we come here and he's just like, it's a soul for our soul. I'm like, well, pause, pause. You, you told us it had to be somebody you loved in Infinity War. So you was lying. So you a trickster. I don't like it. He's a scammer. So here's where I'm at with all this. Could they, I, I, wanted, I wanted it to be where Natasha just fired one off at Red Skull's head. And I was hoping that I was hoping for a fake out. I was hoping that she wasn't really going to kill herself. I was hoping that they would act like they were going to kill each other and then they would kill him. Because, again, I don't think he's a ghost. He's definitely not human anymore. But he's something else. He's a being. So he has yeah. to have a soul. So why didn't y'all try to kill him? Mm. And then and then you got a soul for a soul. I mean, and and that's where that's where I have more of a problem with all of this. That's my biggest negative is that it it sucks that this is how she goes out. Now I will say, I've, there's been a few articles about the fridging women or the refrigerator oh, it's it's Well, I, so here's my here's why I don't class I personally don't classify it as fridging is that she sees it as sacrificing herself for not just Clint but for but for the entire universe. But right. it's it's still a plot device, but it's it, it's only like by a little bit. I don't classify it as fridging just because like it's not just for Clint's betterment. It's for the entire universe. 
because and they and they all said whatever it takes so them everyone saying whatever it takes they meant that like okay if it takes one of us giving up our lives whatever we have to do to make this mission and we get that like they all have that and 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 if clint had done it he would have been the same situation but she did but i don't like that i just wish they had killed red skull and they had gotten the soul stone because that I feel like that would have been the answer, and I was hoping that I don't Natasha think he could have killed I don't think he. I don't think he could die like that. that. I wanted. I just at least wanted I don't him to try. I, at least I don't think so. The man. The man's like whisk. The man's like ghost. Um. The man's like a whisk. Whisk. Well, yeah, he has no legs. They don't have the ability. We're gonna say Natasha Miller with a freaking handgun. What? Probably like a Walter PPK or something. I mean, I was just, I was just gonna see. I was just like, I was hoping because like Natasha's always been super clever and smart. And like, I was just hoping that like they would figure out a way to get the stone without one of them dying. But that did not happen here. And now we just have to take it as she sacrificed her sacrificing her life for everyone. But it's like, it's not that she's like the she is technically like the first mar- like female character in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't like this whole thing of Marvel has a token female problem. Yep, I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna call it like I like I see it. Marvel has a problem with having the token female in their movies, and it's tired. It's played out. I think it's gotten better from like look how many female characters we have now. But Natasha was the only female Avenger until Scarlet Witch came. But Scarlet Witch didn't come until like the tail end of Ultron. Um, but even still, it's like, like, you, I think you, you made the comment, like the Avengers are 80% male. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like I, I, Marvel just has a problem with token females. They did it with Gamora. They did it now with Scarlet, with, um, Natasha. It's weird. I feel bad for the character and it sucks. So I just, I don't appreciate how that was handled. But it's, it's not only that, right? My other thing is, is that, um. My other thing is, she sacrificed herself for Clint after he was go after he said he was going to do it. Like there was no need for her to sacrifice herself because he was like, I have things to atone. Like you just saw him slaughter a whole bunch of people, let oh, him atone right. for his sins. Like why do you think he's like he hasn't shown that he's remorseful? He didn't show an ounce mm-hmm. of remorse. Like, and the only reason she's doing that is because she knows about the fan. It's because for his family. So and screw, I mean, like, screw, screw that. So what? So what? No, so like, I mean, and that's she, messed she up. That, so screw that because they're like, oh, because you have a wife and kids that makes you worthy. Fish, yeah. they, they, those people that yeah. like, he could have had, you don't know if their families were alike. Yes, and I agree what? with you. That's what that I'm saying. Garbage. Like, the, I mean, that's what I'm saying because, like you said, yeah. he has no, there's no sign of remorse for anything he's done. And it's None. just like, uh, the only reason she's saving him. Like, and I don't think, I mean, I don't know if we took Clint out of the equation and put somebody else there. I, I would assume I, I I can't say with confidence that she would kill herself if somebody else was there with her. But I think yep. because and it's purposely done because it's Clint that that's how it turned out. And it's an effed up situation, no matter how we put it. But I'm like Clint. I need Clint to like face some kind of punishment for what he did. But he, he or feel I, some remorse. He's, he's not going to though. No, he's not. He's never addressed. He's yeah he's he he got he he got re- literally rewarded for being a mass murderer and this is my other problem because yeah. this is the second time in MCU especially with the with this whole Infinity War situation that a woman has died to yeah. benefit a mass murder a man who's a mass murderer because Clint is a mass murderer True. and so is Thanos yeah so uh, what yep I can't no, argue with you there 
it's, it's, it's BS, right? So yeah. I'm like, it's just, it's messed up. And, and it, like, I was so pissed. I'm like, yeah. But again, that. this is like the it's it's littered with plot holes too. Like, okay, so y'all killed her, but Hulk saying something along the lines of like, what did he say? Um, I tried to bring her back too. So I'm like, okay, this is how y'all bring the Black Widow movie then. I'm I'm assuming. Probably we'll see. They're probably because because the way how it ended up with them traveling back, like it still doesn't make sense because this is again full of plot holes. Damn. But um, it, like. It still makes sense, and it was like that. That angered me so much, mm-hmm. and he literally got away with murder. Like the others out there fighting to help people and help innocents and stuff, and he's out there being a vigilante. And I, that, I'm not even gonna call it vigilante because he wasn't doing it to better society or anything. He was doing it out of his own rage and grief. It was selfish. It had nothing to do with helping communities, whatever. He didn't have any altruistic reasons. He was just straight up murdering people. He's a worse than Batman. He's an he's worse than Batman because at least yeah. Batman like puts money into the community and tries to like build organizations or whatever. He's worse because yeah. he's just straight up killing people because I'm angry and therefore my family's gone. So like therefore why do you why, why should you get to live? And he's out there playing Lord and Executioner and determining who's who's worthy mm-hmm. who who's worthy of life and they don't all are people of yeah. color. It's just like messed up. Like, like that to me put a big X through the film for me. Yeah. It's, it's just, it was not done well. And I mean, I don't know if they just felt like we have to kill another character off. How do we do it? Oh, I know. Like a character that, a character that, that doesn't carry the same weight as like Cap and Tony, but they've been around as long. Oh, let's kill Natasha. That's, I feel like that's what it came down to. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that was, yeah, a mess. Oh, one plot hole I want to point out, and it's not, I don't know if it's a negative one. I just feel like it was never mentioned, and I feel like it's a plot hole that's going to be coming back. So when Okoye, like Natasha was getting an update on everybody on like situations going around the world, and Okoye was telling her about the tremors in the ocean. Yeah. So no, that got mentioned twice. No one ever yeah. said anything. I wonder if it um, has anything to do with um, Namor. Namor. Yes. I was thinking the same thing because I feel like Namor, I feel like Namor is probably closer to interacting with Black Panther than anybody else. And I feel like that might be coming through. So I just felt like that. It's not that it was a plot hole, but I felt like that was kind of like a tiny plot hole for us to like poke at and think mm-hmm. about because it, it was never, why would Thanos snapping the universe affect the oceans? I just felt like that was random. Because there's people under the ocean. Yep. But yeah, I mean, why it would cause earthquakes? Yeah, that didn't make sense to me, too. Yeah, the, that that for sure. So I was just like, hmm, okay, I'm going to remember that. Um, so yeah. And so how do... Oh, the other part, how the Russos may have negatively affected the MCU in past storylines. Oof. I just want people to do a better job of writing women. I, I think mm-hmm. it's getting better than what it was. Like, if we see where Natasha came from to now it's still better i mean it was she I, I think at her best it was winter soldier yeah uh, but it, like doing this nonsense it leaves a bad taste in my mouth <laughs> girl that's a bad definitely left a bad taste in mine because i'm like the way how it's not only natasha but like we barely got to see any other female character that's right? it. Yeah. So the only I mean, one that Marvel, really got significant time would be um, Nebula. 
Yeah, Nebula, which again, she did a great job. And then like Captain Marvel's there, and but she's not there as much. But I did appreciate, and I, and I don't think of it as a plot hole. I know a lot of people are like, well, Captain Marvel was only there for like 10 minutes. I'm like, she's made it very clear to y'all that there are other planets in the universe, y'all, and they don't have the Avengers. So it's like, y'all can't expect her to stay around and like fix things on Earth when like there are planets just like Earth that need her help. Yeah, I'm like, uh... But still, I wanted to see more of her in action. I did like that she came through in the end, but it was just... There's no excuse for, like, why we didn't get more female characters when we really think about, like, wow, there's a lot of men. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, next bullet point. (laughs) The MCU going forward. Hmm. I am hopeful Mm -hmm. for it. I'm hopeful for it mainly because we finally have more women. We have, honest, we have more women of color, too. So, I mean, like, I, I feel like there's no excuse. We should not have to wait another five years to get another female-led movie. There is no excuse for us to not, like, get more introduction to more female characters. I think that's more why I'm very, I'm very hopeful for it. Yeah. Um, I'm hope, and I'm hopeful for, like, the just new stories. Like, we, it, it, Shang-Chi will be coming out, like... I'm hopeful because like with Captain America, um, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark's stories coming to a close, it leaves Mm -hmm. finally like this space for these other characters to come through. So Shang-Chi, which I feel like there are, there are probably a lot of people like, you know, like the larger audience who's not familiar with comics who have no idea who he is, but this is, this is going to be a great way to bring in new characters because the MCU doesn't have to rely on Captain America and uh tony to like be the backbones and i feel like they've done that for a while but it, it was mainly just so they could get to this point so i think I'm, I'm hopeful because this be this whole phase and everything coming to a close like this i guess i want to call it era of the mcu coming to a close allows more opportunities for the stories to continue yeah i'm the same way um for me like for me definitely the they need to get more writers of color yes, and more directors of color mm-hmm. and characters of color because yes. the MCU has been extremely white till now. Um, we've, mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Black Panther and for Thor Ragnarok, uh, it'd be a sea of whiteness. And it would. No, we don't. We don't only need it only for the visual representation of people of color, but we need the stories. I think um, people of color and new writers would bring in more um nuanced stories for one and mm-hmm. new takes on stories because like mm-hmm. it's been pretty stagnant it's gonna it's gonna stagnate pretty quickly and to be frank like um like i mentioned on twitter like the only films that i'm interested in coming up in the mcu are black panther 2 and the shang chi film and like mm-hmm. if i don't see any improvements with regards to representation on and behind the camera I'm, i don't care how good the film looks i'm not gonna watch it. i'm not gonna give my money for these films, if I can't see more people that look like me, I look like other people of color. And if I can't see stories mm-hmm. that reflect growth in the characters and growth in the storytelling, because like, I'm tired of seeing women being used as sacrificial lambs for these characters. I'm tired Absolutely. of seeing white, white men getting away with um, literal murder. Like, mm-hmm. give us more, like be more, be better. You've had 11 years to perfect this and, 22 films to get it right. Like you've had enough criticisms from film critics and fans like on Twitter and on like 
and, and, and like online publications, you know what you need to fix. Like, take heed, listen, do better. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. You're right. Because like, I think Taika Waititi, I'm always going to refer to him because I think he did a perfect example of doing better with Thor, with that franchise. Because before Thor Ragnarok, I'm going to tell you real quick, I hated the first two Thor movies. With a passion. Mm-hmm. With like Thor was a stale character. I could have cared less about what happened to Thor. Taika Waititi made me care about Thor. He built out that character more, gave us more, made him more likable. I mean, I know people already liked him already, but like made him even more likable. But he also just like created this whole like journey that we went on with the character and we grew with the character. But like that's new. F- fresh blood pumping Mm -hmm. into the MCU. And we need more opportunities like that in front of the camera, behind the camera. We need more characters to come on the screen. So like I said before, earlier in the the show, Riri Williams should come into the MCU. Like she can exist in in the dang MCU and pick up the mantle. Like it's, it's totally possible for her to exist and not have any connection to like being Don Cheadle's niece. It's not going to be Shuri. Because I tell y'all every time that is a, I, I hate that theory because there are two genius black girls can exist in one universe. And it's just there's more opportunity for more characters to come into this franchise. But like like you said, Carolyn, only once I'm like, I'm excited for Spider-Man Far From Home because I'm excited to see like where this story picks up from after in game. But besides that, it's like what y'all got next? Because I guess phase two or like, I don't even know. There's like so many phases to come, but it's like it's. In- I'm interested to see where all of this is going to go eventually. Yeah, like from here, because I feel like this is this was a close on an era, and now we're going to a new era. We, I, yeah, I'm just hoping for more growth as more representation. Like, mm-hmm. it's time, people. Done well. <laughs> Again, you can't just slap. Yeah. Oh. And I just want to make that comment. Them talking about they have they fir- their first canon gay character. Ah, oh, please. Y'all need to stop. Please. Like, th- that was a terribly done piece, whoever it, wrote that. It, it was pandering, and, like, they didn't even yes. get the character, either of the characters, any name, because, you know, one was played by one of the Russos. I think Joe, not sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's like, he, hi. Do, not, do, do neither of you have names? Yeah. Like, don't pat him on the back for doing something, like, that small. Like, if y'all want to say, like, you want to have your first canon gay character in the Marvel Universe, like, it, that that's just, like, they could have been like, hey, let's throw this person in here really quickly. That, that's completely pandering. And it's offensive. Like, do better. If you want to be more inclusive and more diverse, do better. Actually do it. Um, but, yeah. And on to, let's see, final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts are... I liked how the film ended, but overall I was disappointed because there are too many things that were done wrong that I I can't get past. And like, mm-hmm. I, like, like I was saying earlier on Twitter, like the more things I think about it, like the more problems I find with it. Like I was so disappointed about how they handled Thor and like the whole Clint thing, literally getting away with murder. Like I can't, I can't, I can't abide by that. I can't. Mm, gotcha. Final thoughts for me. I loved it. I'm not in love with all of it. Like we've already talked about my biggest things for me were how things were handled with Clint mainly. Um, But overall, I like how it gives the fans and us closure. And also I liked how it turns out to be a time travel movie. And (laughs) 
like it just gives us all these theories and stuff to go off of but yeah we didn't I, really get into the plot holes but a lot of the plot holes have to do with the time, time travel. travel like but, but i think that's people i mean but it's kind of funny like because they definitely address that in a way where they're just like how does time travel work in the mcu and they do it very much like oh the you that goes back in time is now like it doesn't affect your past as long as you don't affect that you but that but, doesn't make sense because once you go back into the past that you change the future because you're doing things differently than you would have done and they well, broke the whole they broke the whole thing and a lot of um the only example where like you want you can't exist in the same place at the same time exactly but the only one example that's perfect of that and i think it somebody on twitter just wrote a, a theory on it um but it's, it's it's a great theory it's it has to do with cap going back in time yeah that one made no sense that's like the one of the biggest it, problems i'm like he goes back returns to finity i'll Stone, send it to you and goes and lives you. with peggy and doesn't affect the future he's it not doesn't, like that doesn't make I, any sense i got you i got you so the way it makes sense is because all when he goes back in time to Peggy, the present him goes back in time. He can be there with Peggy because the him before then and that and that time frame is frozen. So there's no chance of him running into himself. But, so but, that he won't but, he but, won't but, mess but, up anything. But guess he does mess up because that means he doesn't wake up in New York. No, he does wake up in New York. Everything that still means happens. that they're both but no, but that means that they're both acting at the same time in the same timeline. No, because he's yes. older by then. There's an older, no, the, it's no, no, it's no, an no, older I, him by then. No, okay, no, no, no. I'll tell you why that doesn't make sense. Like, okay, so President Steve went back into, this, that was 1970. Yeah. So at this time, old Steve is sleeping. Fine, good. But then their lines are going to start to line up because while he's while he he's living from 1970 with Peggy, when he reaches 2012, Wait, 2011, whichever it is when, when he awakes up in New York, that's the same time that other Steve would have, would have, would have, when Steve woke up in New York, he's still there. He's still existing at the same time. There's two Steve's existing at the same time. That's impossible. No. So that's the thing. So I'm going to send it to you, but I'll also mention this one was written by, oh, it was Nancy Wang Yuen. So she wrote the theory on, like, this is her theory, but this is why I, I approve this theory. So the present Steve going back, he's already starting to age. So he's able to go back in time. But, but, those it's, it's but he goes back. It's not about the aging, though. It's not about the aging. No, it's no, not I know. About the aging. No, I know. It's not about. This isn't about the aging. I, I'm just saying when he, when present Steve at the end of uh, Endgame goes back in time, it's not that he goes back to 1970 when he's done returning all the stones. He's he goes back sometime between after he's gone into the ice and before. Let's say some and like the way she puts it is like the when he goes back in time, that is during the like Peggy, the Peggy Carter show has ended. So as a reference for time, Peggy still thinks Steve is frozen for two years. So 1949 or 1948, whenever like World War Two has ended. So he's gone back to that point in time. So he's frozen. So when Steve present day, Steve goes back in time, he's close to 100 years old and he has a super soldier serum and even like he's not going to stay how he he'll now age at the same rate that Peggy no, ages. I'm, so I'm his, not talking but about he's, his age though. No, I'm it's not, not th- about it's not, how old he is. No, I know, I know. It's it's not about his age. This has nothing to do with his age. It's because his pre- when he wakes up out of the ice, he won't recognize himself. No, Only his present I mean. self will organize himself. No, but that's not what I'm talking about though. Because 
whether or not he recognizes himself, they're still two teams. They're still two teams yes. existing in the same plane. And yes, the and same, they explain that the that can happen. No, no but they because no, that, they that literally it. breaks the laws of physics and the butterfly effect. Because when the butterfly effect is when one thing happens, you you create a time, you create a ripple effect somewhere else. What he did creates a it, it creates a well should have created a ripple effect that would change everything. That's like you dropping a stone in a lake and not expecting the ripple. But they expect. expl- they explain that the MCU's way of time travel is different from. That's why all those references about time travel movies they reference. They are making. But, they, but that's the why they had that, that whole discussion but, and they, they explain that time traveling the MCU is different from what their concept of it is. You but can that's go why back I'm going to say that that theory is bullshit you, because all of those theories that they explain... I mean, they're all, they're all bullshit. They're all fake. No, no, I mean, no, they're but, all I, but, they're, but that's what I mean. Them trying to dis... But there's... When it comes to laws of physics, there's constants, no matter what film or whatever, because the butterfly effect is a known fact. That's like, if I go through my door, I the door is going to close behind me. Right? No, and that's I, like, you can't change. you can't change that. His present, him be there's literally still two scenes because remember when he went back to place Infinity Stone and he stayed there's still two scenes. Yes, that's what I'm can talking be... about. Well, no, and he, I get no, that. Have, unless they, even if he's, even if one looks a hundred years old or whatever, and the, the, when, when once the the old Steve wakes up in New York, because that's what's gonna happen if they're gonna have this. If what if he was able to go back, that means he still has to wake up in New York. But him going back and staying. No, he he still wakes up in New York because he's that's the same Steve. He still goes on that same. If he marries, if it can't be if he marries Peggy and they don't even know about that. That's what I mean. The fact that they don't know anything about it and he still has the shield. Remember, the shield was destroyed. Yes, but he and he went back without the shield. And there was only one shield. So I think if the shield survives, how did the shield get destroyed in the battle? If the battle still happens, that's what I'm talking about. The battle could have gotten a shield from another place. I mean, like that's there was only that was all the vibranium. No, I'm saying, but Tony has made him other shields since then. (laughs) No, all the vibranium. No, I know it's not out of the vibranium. I'm saying that's the, the shield vibranium that he, shield that he gave to that the, the, the shield that he gave to, 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 to what's his name? Sam no, no, and I'm saying no, I'm no, but this don't make no sense. I'm telling you, dog. No, because I, I know he's existing in the same plane, and you can't have that. It literally that they they they, they contradicted their own canon. Like the fact that Hulk was talking about always oh, giving off um uh, gamma rays. That's not what you said in Infinity War. In Infinity War, you said that this has nothing to do with you because it's not. This is gamma radiation. You you only know gamma radiation. All of a sudden, you this this whole thing is gamma radiation. Like what? Huh? I'm getting worked because. Okay, well, y'all, uh, me and Carolyn are at an impasse. I choose to believe it's in this. In this again is a plot hole. It's a, it's a large plot hole. But I'm saying I'm going to finish what I'm saying. My apologies. Um, the whole the whole point in Nancy Wingman's theory is that. That Steve that is present was always meant to travel <sighs> back in time and he's always been avoiding his past self. But and that's how he's been able to exist. And that and then they explain it in the movie that way is that no, that's how the time travel works. That, that but that, that, they that take whole a lot theory of was bonkers because they what he would have done was ended up creating a time loop. No, that and I get, would remain stuck in. No, I get that. So I'm like, again, I'm just gonna share the post in the yeah. notes if y'all if anyone's interested in checking that out. I just thought it was an interesting take on time travel from like what we all know from like different sci-fi <laughs> elements of time travel. But y'all share y'all theories with us and let us know how y'all feel. I'm sorry for getting so worked up, guys. Sorry, my apologies, but like it don't make no sense. <laughs>
And what was your rating? <laughs> what? We're, what are we going to do? Five out of five or out of ten? I thought you said a five out of five. Oh, did uh, it? Oh. He says We're rating out, out of five. five? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I did. I give this film a two. Gotcha. 2.5. No, I don't. Yeah, two. I give it a two. Gotcha. And again, I give it a four out of five. Mm. Mine's mainly for my, like, I personally am happy with how it ends for the characters that I care about. Mm -hmm. The other stuff, the one, the one point I take away is mainly for the things I didn't like. Yeah. The, the two points I give it for the acting and for the, you know what? I'm going to change it because if I'm going to have acting, character development and the wrapping up, I'm going to, that's three, that's 2.5. I'm going to give them 2.5 out of five. And but all the rest, like you guys know all my problems. And also the fact that they had Tilda Swinton reprise her role as the ancient one instead of giving that to Benedict Wong. They could have done that. That could have been done much better. But Mm. yeah. Anyways. And with that, podcast announcements. Uh, Yes. So this giveaway will be for the Good Omens. So Good Omens will be coming out on Amazon Prime Mm. um, in May. So around the time when this episode comes out, uh, Good Omens, I believe, premieres May 24th. And so, yeah, there's a few things to give away. You have a a poster, an umbrella, a tote bag, and and you get one of the journals that were exclusively available at the South by Southwest event that Kate and myself attended. So keep an eye out for that giveaway. And that's all I had for podcast announcements. I don't think we have any other announcements. So thank you again for bearing with us. This one is probably one of our longest recordings, but again, we only go this end for like the special um, recap. So thank you for sticking with us to the end. And things did get a bit heated, but you know. (laughs) Just a bit, but that is what discussions is all about. Um, And I still believe that the time travel works. Bye. (laughs) Uh, Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.